1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another live edition of Read My Lips Radio, cool conversations with creatives. I love being here because I have such a really cool guest and it's all true. I am so excited and honored today. This is the first of what I'll call the new class of people who attended the recent National Publicity Summit, the virtual version, Steve Harrison's Bradley Communications. I've been attending it in New York for years and now it's virtual and we know why. But these two gentlemen who were my special guests today, I met and I have to tell you, I had two and a half minutes on the clock with some very strict timekeeping monitors this time, who only allowed me two and a half minutes to meet them, to greet them, to find out who they were, to find out what their topic was, and to book them for my show. And they're here tonight. But let me quick do a shout out to our LLL. I'm just going to say Alton Akala, welcome, and Justin Pogue, welcome. Why don't you both wave? We're on video. We're not broadcasting video, but there you go. So Alton and Justin, I want you to join me in saying a shout out to LLL. All say LLL. L. 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 All right. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And I decided that she lives in Whitestone, New York, and it doesn't start with L. So we're taking up a collection, probably a GoFundMe to help her move to either London. But somebody said Larchmont is closer to Whitestone, but I think she wants to go to London, she told me. So Laura has been my most loyal listener for several years. And I'm warning the two of you, my guests, she emails me right after the show and says, hello, Red. I like this. I like that. This is what he said. This is what she Said, so you're, we're all going to get a book report from LLL after the show. And I know she will love what you have to say. So there we go. I'm calling today's episode of Read My Lips. Let's see what I decided to call it. I'm going to go down to my notes They're only about 12 pages opening doors with creativity. And I'll tell you why. Alton Akala is the founder and artist liaison for a website called Be. Beyond, behind the mic, B-E-H-I-N-D-T-H-E-M-I-C dot O-R-G dot org, and it features videos and music videos, interviews with global musical artists, educators, industry specialists, some very famous names, and there's a very special lady from the Manhattan Transfer, and I'll let him tell you about her in a few minutes, uh, who is who hosted his recent global holiday video music special, and it'll give you chills and goosebumps to see people all over the world singing holiday songs. So so welcome, Alton Ackala. Thank you so much. Delighted. And Alton, is, are you at the Golden Gate Bridge? We've got a virtual background for you. Right.
2: I'm on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah.
1: Very nice. Traffic must be pretty low these days, right?
2: It, it is. How many cars going across? <laughs>
1: it's a good good time. We're talking virtual backgrounds in case you're wondering. And Justin Pogue. Justin wrote a really cool book called Rental Secrets. And this is about renting an apartment, a condo, a co-op, some kind of living unit, unit, a residential unit. And he comes at it from an approach that I was not familiar with about. Talking to the rental person, the owner of the building, the managing agent, whoever it is, there are ways to get your rent lowered. There are ways to negotiate special deals. There are ways, and nothing is, nothing is uh, nasty or negative. Nothing is subversive, I shall say. And, and Justin's going to go through, I read his whole book today. I read pretty fast, Justin, on days of radio shows. I read his whole book. He sent me, very kindly, he sent me the PDF. I appreciate that. And I took some notes, and we're going to talk about tips and tricks, I will say, or shall we say, you say that these, these sources of power, very important, are hidden in plain sight to help individuals impact how much you, I'm talking to my notes, you pay for rent and help landlords, and this is very new, help landlords think creatively about their relationship with their residents. What a thought. That a relationship would want to have a positive relationship, a landlord with a tenant, with a resident. Oh, my goodness. You, your next book has to be how people can get relationships with their HOA board, okay? Uh, or, or their co-op board. We know that that's a, a hellish landscape that a lot of people have traversed. Yes, whether you're in a private house, a co-op, a condo, we all know that. So welcome, both of you. I'm going to put you two through my weekly National holiday list and see if you have any comments. I don't know how serious these are, Alton and Justin. I have selected one or more national holidays or international from October 18th, which was yesterday, to October 25th. And I want to get your reaction, see if you make any sense to you or if you're planning to celebrate or if you did already. And then we'll do a couple of famous birthdays on this date. By the way, this is Monday, October 19th. It's the 292nd day of the Gregorian calendar. I want you both to say thank you, Gregorian. Thank Thank you, you, Gregorian. Gregorian. I like to call him Greg or Greggy because I've been quoting him so long. It is the 293rd day because it's a leap year. And I have a big blast of news for all of you. 73 days till the end of 2020. Now, here's my advice. (laughs) I know. I know. Where has it gone? And to me, it can't go fast enough, right? Right. So the question is, if you have anything you want to imbibe on New Year's Eve saying, thank God 2020 is over, and you want to celebrate the hopefulness for 2021, listen, if you can find a real liquor store or a wine store or something virtual or real, Get there soon, because the shelves are going to be empty. I'm te- I've been telling people this since <laughs> since March. The shelves are going to be empty, so if you have anything special you want to drink that night, go get it soon, okay? I've warned you. This is the 42nd Monday in 2020, as if anybody cares. Just saying so, that's all. So let's do the holidays today, and then we'll do the famous birthdays, and there's a fun one in there somewhere. October 18th, yesterday, National No Beard Day. Justin, did you have a beard and you shave it off for No Beard Day?
3: No, I celebrate No Beard Day every day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling. Alton, how about you?
3: I did
2: have a mustache at one time, but not a beard. So uh, I celebrate it every day.
1: You'll have to come back on on a show when we have No Mustache Day. We'll do that. (laughs) Today is National New Friends Day. I have two new friends. What do you think, Justin? Does that hit you?
3: Got to celebrate that one every day, too. Is hey. that
1: beautiful? Yeah, and it's sure. also this might be for you, Alton, not for you personally, but for some of the people. You have a lot of children whose videos are on your site, young mm. singers. It's pediatric bone and joint day, so I, I, I <laughs> hope, hope somebody say, you know, what they used to say: drink how many glasses of milk makes better bones? wasn't Wasn't that the um, uh, the Wonder Bread? Builds Better Bones for children. Alton, do you remember that commercial? For I, one I'm
2: dating myself. I remember that.
1: Well, I am, too. I started this. Justin, I don't think you're old enough to remember. We'll just let you have a pass <laughs> on that. Now, tomorrow, October 20th, I'm not so sure we want to celebrate this. It's Sloth Day. Isn't that one of the seven sins or something? Ooh. Sloth, Slothful. Yeah, I know. Slothful. We can't do that on the show. It's National. <laughs> that's International Sloth Day. It's that big. Oh wow! Uh, maybe it's real sloss. It's also National Day on Writing, and and here you got to celebrate this. It's National Pharmacy Technician Day. <laughs>
3: so, oh yeah! <laughs> go
1: to the pharmacy, and the person who's dispensing whatever you need, say thank you, Pharmacy Technician. That yes, would be. I
3: nice appreciate
1: season. you. I th- there you go. Now g- give me my prescription. <laughs> I want to get out of here. Where's my mask? October twenty first, Thursday is International. This is a good one. Justin, are you ready? I'm going to Play shock it you. It's Day of the Nacho.
3: Day of, oh, <laughs>
1: international yeah. Day. It's international.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: And Alton, I have one for you. It's National Back to the Future Day. Remember the movie? Michael yeah, J. Yeah, Fox. It was Mike, and Christopher, Michael J. Fox, yes. And Christopher Lloyd, yes. It's also <laughs> National <laughs> Apple Day and National Pets for Veterans Day. And I think that's pretty special. Mm -hmm. Pretty special. Now let's move along. October 22nd is International Stuttering Awareness Day. We will not make a political comment on that, but it's also (laughs) National Nut Day. So you're supposed to eat a nut or you're supposed to say, hello, I think you're a nut and I like you. So (laughs) I'll leave the interpretation. What are you going to do on National Nut Day, Justin?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, it's all open to artistic license. So I will be (laughs) eating my favorite nuts. (laughs)
1: There there, we'll leave that one alone. Now, October 23rd, I don't know who likes this, but it's National Boston Cream Pie Day. Mm. Ooh. It's also Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day.
2: Oh, that's me.
1: (laughs) Are you the slapper or the slappy? I'm
2: the slappy.
1: It's also National Croc Day. I think those are the shoes. It's National Paralegal Day, also. So I'm going to go for. Listen, so many people are working remotely. It's it's hard. It's easy to do a virtual slap and nobody gets hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's probably easier when you're in the cubicle next to somebody. Oh, step up! You're my annoying coworker. Smack! Okay, we and then you give them Boston cream pie because it's a dual holiday. October twenty fourth <laughs> is what this is all about right now. It's National Baloney Day. Okay, so, all baloney. And I one more for you. The twenty fifth is National Art Day. I have I have become an artist. I paint okay. in watercolors and acrylics. And the background you see on my my banner here. I painted that. That's a collage under the lips. The lips were added by an artist. It's National Art Day, National Greasy Foods Day, National I Care About You Day. I care about you right now, Justin Pogue and Alton Nakalai. I promise you I care about you and I care about LLL. And it's World Pasta Day. So you can take the leftover nachos from the 21st, add them to the Boston cream pie of the 23rd, and use them to celebrate Pasta day on October 25th. Yay, we got through the holidays. Okay, now I have some good
3: food going on this week.
1: I know, I know. (laughs) I think we had French Friday recently. I have some famous birthdays for all of you. They're all alive. I try to stick with people who are alive and I don't go back any farther than the 1940s, Alton, because I like to know who these people are. John Lithgow, born today in 1945. Very, very renowned actor. Jeannie C. Riley, the singer of the Harper Valley PTA. And I have a little story to tell you. I, I uh, produce and host an open mic here in my community. And because of the pandemic, our clubhouse has been closed for eight months. So I invited some of my musicians to come to my driveway yesterday. And one couple, Buddy and Diane, they, they each pick three songs. And they either send us the chords for the guitars and bass, or they pick a track and they sing over the track. And I'm the drummer. I'm the chick drummer a bass player and a conga player, and somebody picked Harper Valley PTA. And I said over my hosting, mic, did you know Jeannie C. Riley's birthday is Monday? We did this Sunday. And this person said, and he is somewhat of a music. He's a former DJ. He's a music historian. And he said, what? I said, I thought you picked Harper Valley PTA because it's Jeannie C. Riley's birthday. (laughs) Surprise. It's Jennifer Holliday's birthday. Today. She was born in 1960. Evander Holyfield, the boxer and actor. I'm surprised they didn't say producer. Everybody's a producer. Ty Pennington. Everybody remember Ty Pennington?
2: Uh, the house. Uh-
1: Move that bus. Remember <laughs> Extreme oh, Home yes. Makeover. Justin, yeah, it's coming back. John Favreau, American actor, director, and screenwriter. He was in a movie about food, uh, about a food truck, I think, John Favreau. Remember there were a couple of movies about food and foodies and food trucks about. 10 years ago, I don't remember. Anyway, Chris Kattan, who's a crazy guy who's been on SNL. He was an SNL cast member for a while, born in 1970. And I had to put this one in, Mo Twister. There is a person named Mo Twister, a Filipino radio and TV host, and his show is called Good Times. And we'll just say, let's say happy birthday to everyone. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Justin, when's your birthday? August 6th. Well belated. And Alton, where was yours?
2: February 23rd.
1: Well, in advance, early happy birthday. See, I got you both covered. So now <laughs> let's get down to what my, my mom used to. So let's get down to brass tacks here. So let's dive a little deeper into who my <laughs> special guests are. Alton Akalo, welcome. I'm so happy to meet you. Oh, I'm so happy to see you behind the mic.org. Oh, delighted. So please take three or four minutes. I'm going to put you on speaker view now. And please tell okay. us how you founded Behind the Mic and what is it really all about? Alton, welcome.
2: Well, Behind the Mic started about 50 years ago. I was a vocal music teacher in uh, public schools for about 10 years, and then I wanted to start a a vocal group, and uh, I did that for 29 years. Uh, By the way, uh, I wasn't a great vocalist. They kicked (laughs) me out of the group, and I became a manager for the group, which uh, performed with around 29 symphony orchestras from the... Boston Pops to the Calgary Philharmonic to the uh, Houston Symphony and that lasted for 29 years and now I'm in my retirement and six years ago I started Behind the Mic and uh, the first video interview I had was with a gentleman by the name of Bobby McFerrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the person who told me to start the, uh, the website uh, said, well, you're going to have to get somebody that's well-known and popular. And after we had Bobby on board, uh, we're nearing our 100th video interview now, and uh, it's been a m- major journey of people around the world.
1: How beautiful. And and who else have you had? A couple of other names. I know I uh, recognize some.
2: Lee Greenwood, yes. uh, a group from home uh, called Home Free, okay. and they were winners of NBC's The Sing Off. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others. Cheryl Benteen from the Manhattan yes. Transfer, uh, Alan, Alan, uh, Alan Paul from the Manhattan Transfer, New York nice. Voices, groups probably that you've never heard of from around the world. We have groups from the the Philippines, Denmark, Sweden, France, England, Germany, Brazil, Israel, all over the place. There are so many talented artists out there that need a major media platform. And that's, that's my mission.
1: Well, Alton, I went to behindthemike.org before the show today, and I had the pleasure of watching a couple of the videos. And there's one called Children Will Listen. And I suggest everybody go to Behind the Mic, exactly as it sounds, Mike is mic.org and look for the two beautiful little girls and click that video. And the song is about what we model for our children, what they hear, what they see, what we tell them to think. How important is that? I get tears just thinking about that video. And each child, after she or he sings a couple of lines, appears a little bit in the background and holds up a sign, future whatever, future actor, future teacher, future scientist, future president, and it's just charming to see what their vision is. I was going to write a book called So You Want to Be years ago, and I interviewed uh, a couple a whole bunch, I think a couple of classrooms of fourth graders on Long Island. I never did anything with it, but I wanted to compare that to people I know and what we wanted to be when we were growing up and what we turned out to be. I, I'm on my seventh career, so I'm still a work in a work in progress, Alton. Alton, I love what you're what you're doing and I will tell you that we have a beautiful sixty five person choir here in my community. In Carolina Arbors here in Durham, and I know the choir director, who is a very talented lady, who directed and, and produced choirs in schools for years, and she retired here, not retired at all. I think she loses ten pounds every time she directs a choir event. <laughs> and she invited me to play the bells for their winter concert last December, and I was in a small percussion and band section. We had a couple of guitars, and we had a Dave was a drummer, and they gave me the bells on a great big uh, wooden holder with the bells, and somebody was at breakneck speed, and I had to shake the bells in time with the sheet music. I was reading the bells on the sheet music, and it was a blast. But Cheryl is trying to put together a Zoom video of all of her singers into one compilation, and that ain't easy. So she's been working very hard, but the choir is is absolutely lovely. So thank you for the introduction, Alton. I'm going to turn my attention to Justin Pogue. Justin, so happy to have you here. Love your book, Rental Reduction, Secrets, Rental Secrets. Tell me, who are you? How did you get started with all this? You are now on Speaker View.
3: It is great to be here, Red. Thank um, you. And I'm actually technically on my third career at this point. Okay. Um, so I started out in graduate school studying to become a management consultant. And then, you know, did the interview, got all that lined up and got the interview that I wanted. And then the bottom fell out of that whole industry. This is back during the tech bubble that burst and all of that. Yep. Um, so then I ended up having to reinvent myself and I became a property manager going into real estate and managing investments for uh, some property that my family had. Um, and so now rental secrets is, is my, uh, my third career, um, And how it came about is I'm sitting in the bookstore, I'm looking at the real estate section in the bookstore, and I see books for owners and managers and investors. I saw nothing written from the perspective of the renter. And it's like, well, these are just the 43 million households who are bringing half a trillion dollars with a tea to the table every year, and nobody's talking to them. I can get help buying a car. I can get help buying a refrigerator. But when it comes to something that I'm spending so much money on, there's no guidance out there. I just thought that was crazy. So that's where that's where the book rental secrets was born and that that's really why I ended up writing the book.
1: You did a very nice job on it, Justin. It's very readable. I read a lot of books during the year for my radio. People say, have you read any novels recently? (laughs) No, I'm usually reading two books a week for my radio show. and I I currently produce 13 radio series. The others are mostly business shows. So I'm reading all the time. No time for novels. Watch a lot of TV. But Justin, you did a really nice job with the book. It has the personal touch of you being in the industry and knowing who, who is your target readership, anybody who's currently renting, future renters, who are you looking at to read and to share the secrets with Justin? So
3: I actually designed that book to be read quickly and easily because I realize I'm competing against movies that have explosions in them, so I need <laughs> to keep people's attention. <laughs>
1: But they're not about renters, right? They're about people who no, might need to look, not about for, <laughs> look for a rental. I know, I know. I yeah. am going through so I'm binging so many series. I think <laughs> Netflix is going to give me a frequent flyer discount any day now. I'm, I could do five, six shows a night. It's just brutal.
2: Anyway. Yeah. But I'm but, writing
3: the book yeah. for anyone who is currently renting anyone who is about to become a renter so people who are graduating from college just starting out mm-hmm. how do I navigate this 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 world of renting what language is my landlord even using when I go to speak to them um and it's but it's also written for landlords because their landlords currently have a very most people have a very negative perception of what a landlord is yep yeah and <laughs> They, they and if landlords were able to cultivate a better relationship with their residents, they could start undoing that that negative that negative perception. Um, and it hurts landlords in so many ways to keep that negative perception going on.
1: I like the fact, Justin, that in the book you explain, that they have bills to pay too. a landlord has a commitment unless they bought their building for cash there's always something Mm -hmm. they're spending and that one once an empty a day of an empty rental is a day that will never be recovered we'll we'll talk about some tips from your book i want to go back to alton i'm going to want to invite both of you to talk about creativity because that's Mm -hmm. the focus of my show to me you are both creative people and some people say to me oh well, I usually eat Cheerios, but one day a week I go to Rice Krispies and I'm very creative about my breakfast. choices. <laughs> I say, That's not my definition of creativity. I'm sorry. That's getting out of the boredom or what's left on the cat in the shelf in the kitchen cabinet. So I want to talk about the idea of creativity. Now, Alton, you have you're working behind the mic. You say you're retired. I don't believe that for a second because of all the work you're doing. Come on. You and I both know we're never we're never going to retire. We have something we love to do. Am I Right, we're never right. good. Yeah. Right, that would be horrible. It would be the D E A T H of who we are. <laughs> uh-huh. So, th- th- when you look for do music elton tell us how this works do music groups come to you oh behind the mic.org i hear about you i want to make a video for your website do you go recruit them do people recommend them how do you find the groups you feature or the performers you feature how do you how's that process work right
2: well first of all I, I look for the best quality groups that are out there when i started out i i needed somebody that was prominent in in the arts field mm-hmm. and that was bobby McFerrin. i saw that he was coming to minneapolis and so I call, called up this agent, and she said yes. And when we went to uh, do the video interview with him, it, 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 the agent came up and said, you only have 10 minutes. <laughs> Bobby oh. gave me 20 minutes. Oh, nice. And uh, wonderful person. And these artists have to be wonderful people. Uh, I, 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 I go to the Internet to look for people. Uh, people that didn't come to me immediately, and now they do. And if uh, they're the great artists, I just book them and uh, they give me three dates and I pick one of them and and then we do the interview with them. So uh, groups from South Korea, the Philippines, Denmark, uh, they're all wonderful people. And the whole purpose of it is giving them a a worldwide media platform.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And looking for the best, looking for people who who would appreciate the opportunity or speak well musically to your audience. Now, I want to refresh everybody's memory. Alton, it's possible there's some people in our audience who don't know who Bobby McFerrin is. So oh. I just conveniently Google. tell me who who your version of him is. And I'm going to read a little bit from from his uh, Wikipedia entry. So go ahead.
2: Well, Bobby McFerrin started out with a song which made him popular. Don't worry, be happy. And a lot mm. of people know that. But we're in a, two generations away from that, practically. Yep. And uh, he, he does uh, a lot of things now, like directing orchestras and th- that type of thing. He also uh, conducts uh, improvisation clinics throughout the world. And uh, he's a wonderful improviser. And uh, I went to one of his shows once in Baraboo, Wisconsin. And uh, he is thoroughly entertaining. And uh, those people who don't know him should know him or, or look him up.
1: They should. And I'm going to fill in, excuse me, a little background. McFerrin's song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, Don't Worry, Be Happy. I think that's sort of the way it went. Excuse me, I'm getting all choked up. It was the number one U.S. pop hit in 1988. Justin, do you remember, don't worry, be happy?
3: I absolutely remember. Of course don't worry.
1: we do. It won <laughs> Song of the Year and record of the year at the 1989 Grammys. McFerrin has worked in collaboration with instrumentalists including pianist Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock and John Joe Zawanul, drummer Tony Williams and cellist Yo-Yo Ma. He's the father of musicians Taylor McFerrin and Madison McFerrin. very interesting. <clears throat> Yo-Yo Ma's sister, Yo Cheng Ma. I don't know if you know this, Alton, runs the Long Island Children's Orchestra Society. And Mm -hmm. I was introduced to her years ago when I lived on, on Long Island in Great Neck. And I was a producer for about 20 years of a couple of TV shows. One is something to talk about at the Great Neck Public Access Studios. And somehow I came to meet Yo Cheng Ma. And she brought me some of their young violinists to the TV show. I think we did a mm-hmm. live show. We had these young children playing violin and cello and talking about what they wanted to do with music. And she and her husband—I can't—I uh, can't remember his name—a um, famous guitarist. And so she is Yo-Yo Ma's sister, and I was very very honored that she thought enough of my TV show to bring some of her children and introduce them. And we talked about their training and what they were doing. Michael DeDang is her husband, I think, and he's a, a guitarist. So ah, uh, music is a wonderful thing. I think it keeps us going. What do you see about the changes? For, well, let me go to Justin. Justin, what's your favorite kind of music? What do you look for in a group, in a singer? How do they speak to you, Justin? Oh.
3: I'm looking for things that I can dance to. Yay. So it's got to be, I can go out there and I can, I can go out there and dance. That is, that is, that is my, what I call my creative outlet. Um, completely unscripted, just go out there and let them and just see how you feel when you're listening to the music. And that will determine the, the, the moves or the actions that you're doing out there, the dance floor. So that, that is, that is how I use music in my life.
1: Are you dancing now, or pandemic out of the dance places? It's
3: it's 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 been hard. Because. It's it's been hard. It hard. Um, but um, but yeah, but it will it will come back. At, it will come back at some point, and I and I am ready. I got my dancing shoes ready. <laughs>
1: I used to teach dancing, Justin. I taught disco and uh-huh. Lindy when we called it Lindy. Yeah. Well, before, it wasn't Lindy Hobb, was Lindy before it was East Coast Swing or West Coast Wing. It was East Coast, basically, and Cha-Cha. And I had a dance partner named Michael uh, when we were in, I lived in Eugene, Oregon. And I also had a dance partner named Tom. And without me knowing much about it, he booked us as an uh, adult ed program, adult ed course at a high school somewhere near us in Eugene. Many, this goes back ages ago. And it was called You Should Be Dancing, was our class. Well, he didn't tell me that they were going to pay him, I think it was $4.82 an hour. And he booked me as his assistant, and I was getting paid $2.30 an hour. <laughs> uh-huh. I had to drive 45 minutes to get there. They had me dancing in high heels on a Formica tabletop in a high school cafeteria. OSHA rules be damned. <laughs> So I said to them, I want equal pay. Now, this is was very progressive for a woman. We're talking mm-hmm. in the late 1970s. I won't tell you what year it was. And it was very progressive. And the, uh, the person who ran the adult ed said, well, if you want to make equal pay with this Tom character fellow, you have to start your own class and run that class yourself. I said, you mean I got to come here twice a week? I'm working full time. And they said, we cannot pay you equal pay with him, even though I was doing 50% of the teaching wow writing dances, running everything. So I finally said to them, I am not going to have a, an untimely death by Formica and high heels. <laughs> so I said, go find some wood and build me a damn platform. I, I, I'm amazed that I spoke up in those days. And you know, today there would be a whole hullabaloo about a woman dancing Formica paying $2 and three. I want to talk about where that was going to go. <laughs> and they built a, a safe platform for us to dance. And I had created some line dances. This was back in the days. You should be dancing. You, all, you remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even Alter remembers that. Uh, and it was interesting because I was creating dances, line dances. We started out with, I think, 250 people in the class. We obviously were not paid by the student because at $4.30 <laughs> for him, not. And at the end of the class, 10 weeks later, this is a two-hour class. 10 weeks later, we still had almost 200 people in the class. So this Tom was so, he liked me so much that he stole all my original dances and published a book of dances. He went to Staples. This was before Publishing On Demand. Mm-hmm. Justin and yeah. Alton. And he went to Staples and he had it put into some kind of a binder and copied Xerox. And he sent me a copy that was autographed and he said, Thank you for all the great dances. Uh-huh. He stole all my original <laughs> dance patterns. <laughs> and I was I had already moved back to New York and I was supposed to be grateful for that. But those were some, these were the days when you would go to a disco and Donna Summer, the, these were the real <laughs> And I was in a, um, uh, Michael and I, my subsequent dance partner, whose grandmother saw me in the newspaper with Tom, and she said, my grandson is a professional Arthur Murray teacher. Can we get you two to meet? And we had lunch, and we said, we're going to teach together. He and I performed in a disco Hawaii contest, and we sewed matching costumes in blue satin. And (laughs) my- I was about a lot less than I'm way now. I was about 92 pounds in those days. And he could literally lift me over his head like, like Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Uh-huh. And, and he could lift me and spin me. And we performed to Donna Summer's MacArthur Park Suite, one of the pieces of MacArthur Park Suite. Heaven knows if you want to go back and listen to that. And we came from opposite sides of the dance floor. It was a hustle routine. And we came in third in the Disco Hawaii contest at a nightclub in Eugene. <laughs> and it was a blast. It was just, I Alton, forgive me, I'm remembering the disco days, the disco <laughs> heydays. It was it was a beautiful time, right? Yeah, there you go. He's, he's doing the Saturday night fever thing, if everybody can't see that. So Alton, do you have a favorite kind of music? Let me ask equal time for you. What's your well, favorite
2: music? Well, I like all kinds of music, whether it be jazz, country, you know, as long as the musicians are great and, and what they're putting out there is great. Uh, there's so many people. I just interviewed a group from orlando florida called seventh element uh six guys that do gospel music and they're Uh, like take they're like take six if you know who take six is no and uh take six is a wonderful look them up though yeah 35 years grammy winning uh vocal group six singers and uh they're wonderful so anything that moves your soul you know okay it's stuff that
1: Alton with music can creativity be taught or is it something and I'm going to ask you next Justin can creativity and music be taught can it be learned can it be shared can it by osmosis okay I'm going to stand next to a creative person and tomorrow I'm going to go out and write my own music how how is creativity and music where does it come from what do you think is it in well, the DNA
2: it can be both innate and it can be both taught but the thing that distinguishes it is the skill set Mm. Uh, a person can be taught to disco dance or, or do a, a Gene Kelly performance. But, you know, when uh, if you do not have the skill set or the smoothness of what you're doing, uh, it's just like a musician can be taught to sing. But it it, it for most people, it, it's innate. And uh, part of the... Uh, uh, Oh, what am I trying to say here? It's whether you can make money at it. You know, you've heard of starving artists, right? Oh, yeah. They, they're wonderful artists. They but but they do not have the ability, the business acumen of, of being able to make a living at it. So there are, it, it can be both taught and and. Uh, Learned or being innate, so to
1: speak. Thank you. Justin, wow. what's your thought on creativity in your life? You've reinvented yourself how many times? And at what does creativity to me. mean to you, Justin Polk? Talk to me. So
3: it's it's really interesting. So first of all, I think it starts with just being curious about mm-hmm. the world around you and, and looking at what's out there and seeing it maybe from a little bit of a different perspective. Like I was talking about earlier, where I saw all those books for, for managers and investors and really from the top down, but I didn't see any books from the bottom up. So I was looking, so I saw what was missing and what was, what was lacking. Um, and that's where I started in terms of my journey. But then I started, I took my idea and I started talking to other people about it. And they say, well, did you think about maybe applying it to realtors are trying to rent or trying to sell houses to first time home buyers who happen to be renters? Um, Or did you think about talking to financial coaches who are trying to help people have a better relationship with money? These are things that I had never considered when I first started down, down this journey. But because I was curious and because I was open to different ways that what I was working on could be applied, that has Open doors for me that I never even thought were there. Um, so mm. curiosity is absolutely essential in this process, in this process of creativity, in this process of creating new things, whether it be information or music, um, and really bringing something new to to the world.
1: Very, very well put, Justin. What would you say is your most creative creativity? Uh, you said you love to dance. Are you a creative dancer, a freestyle, freeform dancer? Do you paint? Do you draw? Do you sing? Do you? Is there what we'll call the creative arts—the formal definition of creative arts? Is there anything you do that you would like to do?
3: So I sing in two venues. My shower. Why the did you
1: say? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that—that that was one of the best lines ever on this show. I sing in two venues. My shower. You, you got me on that, kiddo. That was that was Alton. What do you think? Pretty. Yeah. That was creative. Okay, Justin, keep talking. I'll let you go. Go ahead. Keep talking.
3: No. Um, <laughs> so I I I mean I'm not that. I mean in terms of singing, my my skill set is not there. I love being around musicians and being in that in that energy in that space, um, but. Singing is not really is not really my forte. I also remember I think it was like in sixth grade we got like that plastic recorder, <laughs> and to, to play. <laughs> Um and I and I tried my hand. At we remember, yeah. <laughs> and I can't say it was six. Su- I can't say it was <laughs> successful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I had the but I had the I was able to have the experience and at least try it out and see how and see. Know, and see what I was capable of um, and to, and to have that experience. Um, and, you know, I also got, I also got, I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, private school growing up and they had art classes and drama classes and that kind of thing. Um, so I got to try all of these, all of these different things. Um, but, um, but, but, but speaking um, is, is something that I got into. I, did like uh, got involved in like speech and debate later on in high school and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these kind of what I call ac- active literacies, like you're, you're, you're putting something out into the world, whether it's speaking or singing or writing um, you know, those, those are very important. And I l- really enjoy having had those experiences and I graduated and gravitated more towards speaking and writing than, than the singing Um but also, even even dancing can be an active an active literacy because when I'm actually out on the dance floor and people are watching me, I feel mm-hmm. I don't know if it's real or not, but I feel in like an energy transference from people mm-hmm. who are watching, um, and that makes it such such a uh, so much more of an enjoyable experience. Um, you know, when when I start to feel that.
1: Beautifully put, Alton. What do you think? Active literacy in terms of creativity. You ever heard? Th- I've never heard that term. All I've
2: never heard that term, also. No.
1: I like that a lot. Well, I'll tell both of you, I started playing the drums about a year and a half ago just because a friend of mine was playing drums and I went and found myself a school of rock here. There were a couple of them. And I took the first lesson was a free 30 minute and I didn't know the tip of the stick from the base (laughs) of the stick from what a drum skin was to I knew what a snare was and I think I knew what a bass, but I had no idea about a drum kit, nothing. You know, even as a dancer, I when I saw a band, I didn't think, oh, what's in that drummer's drum kit and how is he playing and what kind of rhythm? You just listen, you say, wow, he's good, and That hopefully, and that was it. And I discovered in 30 minutes that it was going to be, listen up, both of you, brain training, coordination. And then I discovered what kind of a drummer I want to be. Well, first of all, I learned how to put one foot on one place, which was the kick, and then the other foot on the pedal on the hi-hat which I now have a, a, a tambourine on top of the hi-hat. So when I when I hit the the pedal, you get a double sound, especially I play, my, my band is Red's Hot Mango. We play Latin music. And I discovered that I'm a creative listening drummer rather than a rudiments drummer. And I have friends who take multiple, multiple lessons for years in the rudiments, the exact science of how do you hit this kick and what are your rhythms and your timing. and I don't want to be that kind of drummer. So when my band is rehearsing, we'll put a song on a track. We play over tracks now because we don't have a guitar player right now. So we have congas and a singer who's a, a native Spanish speaker from Puerto Rico, and we have a bass player, we have me on drums, and then he, he sings, the singer sings over the karaoke tracks and we make beautiful music, but we have, all, we have the full orchestra behind us in the track and I call this enhanced tracks, but, but we are singing and playing live for us over a track. And I find that you can put on a song and Alton, you might identify with this, but within a couple of bars, I'm able to play most of the song because the breaks are predictable right and the bridges are predictable and there are places where a song is in most cases going to do what most other songs do and you just listen and you you i to me i just climb into it people say i play in the pocket i'm not a scientific drummer but i love playing and i'm not bad either i'm not bad either I'm, i call myself a chick drummer and i'm allowed to say that there's nothing derogatory about that i just want to tell you that it, I'm still taking lessons, but now with COVID, my teacher and I can't be sitting side by side. So what they've done is they put the student kit on one side and I did virtual on Zoom for months and it really didn't cut it. And he's sitting on the other side of the room with his own kit and he'll say, okay, today we're going to do badass country girls. And he'll pick a couple of songs from Miranda Lambert and a couple of other people he knows I like, and he'll put it on and we just start jamming together. And if I have a, if there's a groove or a beat, I don't know, or I don't understand, I'll Ask him to stop, I'll put the T sign up and he'll stop and we'll dissect it and then we'll continue playing. So we're doing duets and I'm learning by modeling what he's doing. And I'm also listening and saying, how do I want that sound, that drum to sound on that song? And so we might play between four and six or seven songs in a 45 minute lesson every Saturday. And I go in and I say to him, just get me playing just get me on the drums and just get me playing. Just get the energy up, get the heart beating, get the feet moving and all that. I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but anyway, that's, so I call myself a creative drummer. Justin, talk.
3: No, but it's interesting because <clears throat> when you talk about just get me playing and just get me going, like that's another element of creativity is just get started. You know, if you're going to write a book, get, just get something on the page. It doesn't have to be it doesn't yes. have to be part of the introduction. You don't even have to know what part of the book it is. Just get something on the page. Start writing. And you can assemble the pieces later um, if you if you can just get the ball rolling.
1: Get something started. Alton, what's your thought about getting started? Uh, the musicians you know, as far as songwriters go or people putting together bands, is this a big protracted, well, we're going to take a year. We're going to figure the first chord. Then we're going to figure the first line. Or is it people just... They have an inspiration and they dive in. What do you see in terms of music creativity? Alton?
2: Well, in, in this era of uh, v- virtual uh, reality, uh, oh, yeah. there's one group I'd like to talk about. It's uh, called Accent. They, they met each other on the Internet. Internet. They were from uh, five different countries. Uh, uh france sweden england canada and the u.s and they met each other on each other's youtube site uh their channel and they really saw talent in each of the people Hmm. so they started multi-tracking exchanging arrangements and then they decided to get together two years later for the first time in sweden where they met for the first time and they had all these songs under the belt and uh, then they started performing together. And when you get together for a first time, it's, it's, it's learning what the other person is really like. Sure. And uh, they just gelled together as a group because they had this experience. And now they tour the world. Uh, they, uh, they were in Hong Kong, uh, Sweden at a music festival. I saw them in Illinois uh, three, four years ago. Wonderful people and they're young folks and they just do a wonderful job.
1: I love what you just said, and I think the creative aspect is that they all, they gelled, as you say, but they digitally, virtually, they said, I want to sing with you, I want to play with you, I want to exchange arrangements with you, you light my creative fire, or you're like me creatively, and Mm -hmm. there was a bonding. Interesting you brought up that it's virtual, Alton, because so much of what we do is virtual, and I'll tell you, I've been producing business radio for almost 10 years now, and I have a total of 52 radio series since 2011. I have 13 series this year and I was doing them all on the phone and mm-hmm. I had business panelists. We're talking supply chain and the future of mobility. It's, it's serious stuff. Heavy, <laughs> I mean, you know what the other word is. <laughs> and my panelists were all on the phone. <laughs> Justin got it. Thank you. <laughs> my panelists were all on the phone. And so I would be listening and I had to hear My rule is two and a half to three minutes a piece when you talk so we can have a real round table. And that's the way my shows work the best. It's all panel, not lectures and one-on-one. This is where I get to have two people with me and we can really do a deep dive, both of you. And that's why I like this, a little different format. Mm -hmm. But um, it was interesting because I would listen for the nuances of, is Alton about to end a sentence? Does his voice go up when he finishes? Does it go down? How long does he take pausing between sentences to know whether it was time for me to jump in and invite the next panelist to say something? Or, Justin, that's his interesting sense of humor. Okay, is he about to end a sentence? Is he about to start a paragraph? Do I think he has more to say? So I had to listen so acutely. And I don't know if that's creative listening or intensive scientific listening to the nuances. So this year with the pandemic, I didn't realize I could have done radio. On Zoom a couple of years ago. I just never I never thought about it I wasn't that creative. and I started doing it on Zoom. and now all of my, all my thirteen series right now are on Zoom. and I love. The approach of being able to see you, Alton. You're you're staying afloat up above the Golden Gate Bridge and there's still no traffic. I'm glad you <laughs> picked a quiet day. I'm re- really, we love virtual backgrounds. And Justin, now Justin has a background that is so branded. I haven't seen many like that. He's got a picture of his book and his logo behind him and two pictures of Justin. So we really have three Justin Pogues on the show. Are they relatives of yours, Justin?
3: <laughs> yes. Me, myself, and I.
1: <laughs> and, and which one sings in the shower and which one sings in the Car. That's what I want to know. Our
3: car. <laughs> we, we
1: have the we have the whole the whole fam damly as they some people like to say. Very very interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the future. I, I have a little um, a little cute question at the end. A little lightning round. We'll do in a few mm-hmm. minutes. We have about eleven minutes left. So uh, question, Justin. Let me start with you. Where do you see yourself in the next three years? Let's say by twenty twenty. Well, 2020, it's only 2020 now, damn. <laughs> Where do you see yourself by 2025 or any part of that future? Is there going to be another career change for you? What will creativity do to who you are?
3: Yeah, what I'm seeing, so Real Secrets, I started out as an author and all of this, but what I'm seeing is not necessarily a full-blown career change, but it's going to be a shift towards public, more public speaking. It's going to be a shift towards creating more video content um, and also kind of adapting what I'm doing to help realtors and financial coaches, like I mentioned earlier. Um, there are so many ways that I can apply the concepts that I'm working on um, that I see it rippling out in the, in those ways and really benefiting people in a, in a from a lot of different perspectives that originally i hadn't even considered um and that's 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 the beauty i think of what i'm doing now is is it it morphs and grows and evolves um in ways that i'd never considered
1: i think that's where the the embracing creativity comes in and curiosity yeah. i do have to give a couple of tips from your book justin and i made it okay. may i May I read a couple of? Absolutely. Uh, you say seek out rental.
3: Stand out for you.
1: See, okay. Seek out rental properties where you can work directly with the manager who is empowered to negotiate whether they're an owner or a property manager. The fewer rental property someone owns, the higher the impact on the fluctuations of rental income. The owner's mortgage, this is for the renters, the owner's mortgage doesn't stop just because a property is vacant. And we talked about that. The next time you hear somebody say, our rents are competitive with the market, be sure you understand what market they're talking about. They might say it's true based on their analysis, but are you looking for a particular kind of home, particular kind of apartment, proximity to shopping to houses of worship, if we could go somewhere, anywhere soon, to, to shopping to schools, your version of market analysis might be different from theirs. The most advantageous time to search for, how am I doing, Justin? Okay. the You're most You're doing good. Most advantageous time to search for a rental property is the winter. Look for properties that have been vacant for one month or more. Ah, a little more motivation to deal. Busy seasons are spring and summer. Slow is fall. Slowest season is winter. Review the lease terms for potential, lease, L-E-A-S-E term for potential savings. If the manager alters the original agreement for any reason, let's say it's in construction and the construction isn't done by the time that the lease agreement said, uh, there was an inconvenience to you as the potential renter and you can use it to leverage for some kind of a discount. You didn't let me in when you promised and I have to find other housing. Uh, The industry rule, by the way, is two people per bedroom plus one. So if you have a couple in one bedroom, one assumably would sit, would, would sleep on a pullout couch or a, or a rock in the living room. I don't know how people do it. Uh, amenities. Isn't it great? It's got a pool. It's got a tennis court. It's got 15 laundry rooms. What are you going to really use? Oh, that's a pretty pool. You look out your window. You never once been in the pool in 15 years. Talk to me. But you're paid for the damn pool because it's included in the value of your rent. And current residents are an excellent source of information. But if you get to meet current residents at the, at the uh, g- generosity or the largesse of the rental agent or the managing agent, make sure you get away to get back to that person's apartment to find out what the real truth is, because they might be on best behavior. Did I cover the best <laughs> ones, Justin?
3: Yeah, those uh, different tips strike people differently, and those are all those are all really good ones. Um, but people just assume that you know I'm going out to shop. It's just like shopping at Walmart. There's a price on the there's a price on the on the shelf, and that's what I'm going to pay, and that, right. that's it. But there are a lot of tips and tricks that people can use to get to get a better deal. Um, And one of the most important ones I think you mentioned was that they've done their analysis based on what they think you want. They they haven't met you, they don't know who you are, they don't know what your interests are, but they're they're making an assumption. Um, And a lot of times that assumption is not correct. Um, So it's really important for you to look at the situation from your perspective and not just theirs.
1: Absolutely, people to people, relationship, trust, credibility, all that good stuff works in business, why not in renting? And your website is RentalSecrets.net. Net R e n t a l s e c r e t s dot n e t. I can almost do that without moving my lips. How about that, Alton Ackello? What's your plan for the next couple of years, my friend?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, in 2018, we produced that worldwide special for YouTube. Beautiful, just beautiful. and it was for under ten thousand bucks. We did it. So, but we're what? looking. Under ten thousand dollars with eight vocal groups and Cheryl Benteen, yes, the whole thing. Yeah, uh, Cheryl was very a wonderful person. She's just a very giving person. But we're looking at two thousand twenty-one or two thousand twenty-two of doing the same thing, only bringing the artist to the United States. We're pitching global brands to sponsor it, and uh, we're looking at PBS or a network broadcast of the one-hour special. Uh, PBS could do it as a a fundraiser, that type of thing. So that's what we're looking at for either 2021 or 23.
1: Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Well, I will say that Cheryl Benteen is a very lovely and gracious and warm person. I watched part of the video and she is resplendent in, it looks like a red boa on her coat uh, for the holidays. And she just looks charming and engaging and warm and inviting. Right? okay, I'm here to host this thing. She just invites you in with her, her graciousness, Alton. You, yeah. you found a wonderful colleague there. I so admire both of you, your embracing of creativity. Justin, did you think of yourself as creative before you agreed to accept my invitation to be on the show? Tell me, I'm a creative person. Did you think about it that way?
3: No, no. I mean, I was, my background is in being a Mm -hmm. landlord and property management, and that's typically not a very creative space. I mean, there are certain, there are rules and regulations and fair housing laws and these kinds of things that you have, that you have to follow. Um, But I'm finding as I start moving towards the kind of, consulting space, the information side of that and helping specific renters and or landlords through specific situations. Um, the creative side is starting to come out because I get kind of get curious about you were in that you were in that specific situation with from a like for a mm-hmm. landlord you're in that specific situation with a property manager. Well, how did they how did they respond to this when you did this and how are they responding? So there there's this there's this interplay between mm-hmm. Between the different actors and players in the in each of those situations, so it's like you're going through a little movie script um, each time you're consulting with a different person. Uh, so I'm starting to get more into that creative element of what I'm what I'm working on.
1: And Justin, I think the whole approach to your book is get creative with your rent. You don't have to sticker price. By the way, there was a. 12 pack of little tiny Halloween cupcakes with an extraordinarily sweet amount of icing and sprinkles on them for three eighty eight in the doorway to Walmart the other day when I went for batteries for my <laughs> Blink camera and I was having all these musicians here and three eighty eight just spoke to me uh-huh. and when I offered them to everybody, two people said yes and the other ten landed back in my kitchen and I put most of them in the freezer. I'm not admitting to mm. how many didn't make in the freezer. So <laughs> it was that, yeah, that, so that's like, yeah, the pool looks really good and uh, I think I'll rent that house Else, but I don't know if I'm really going to use it, but it's a good price for a pool. We anyway, don't. I've had I, so
3: many conversations with people who come to rent for a place and they're looking yep. at the pool in time on how great it'll be for the
1: kids.
3: They never put their little toe in the Justin,
1: water. it's about esteem. It's about keeping up with the Joneses, the Goldbergs, the yeah. Schwartzes, the the Johnsons, whoever is next door. I live in a house with a pool. I yeah. live in a garden apartment with a pool. It's it's bragging rights, I think. But you know what? We just have to wrap up now. And so here's my trick question. Usually when yeah. I have female guests on, I'll say, if you had to leave your house with your purse, knapsack, a bag, a satchel, a, a, a messenger bag, whatever they call them, the bags, what mm. would be the three things? Everybody always says, oh, my phone. And some of them say my lipstick, which I would use. So let's say if you had to leave the house, Alton, Akala, if you had to leave the house in a hurry, other than your keys, we know you'd take your keys if you have a car. We know you'd take your phone. Okay. And lipstick is up to you. But what were the three things that we would find when you had to leave in 10 minutes that you absolutely had to have, Alton, you got sixty seconds to answer.
2: My wife. <laughs> <laughs> <back>. uh, my, <laughs> I love it. Uh, my car.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: And, and some money with me. My my credit card. He
1: he has the key, so he's got to take the car to go with the keys. I like yeah, that one. Yeah. That's an, an interesting answer, Justin Pogue. What would you take with you aside from your phone and your money and your car? What would you take? That would be that would be it. Uh, something that would be. Um, typical of who you are would tell
3: us what we would find most most mornings when I'm running out of the house I'm grabbing my water bottle because I'm actually to the gym and in these days I've got to make sure I've grabbed my mask um that's just what it is right now um and also uh oh absolutely essential protein bars got to take those with me
1: (laughs) oh that's a good one I would take lipstick i just found this really cool wet and wild lipstick it has a little pair of lips on it if you can see i found this at walmart it's so cute and it's my color. <laughs> i don't usually do do uh you know what do they call it uh, that kind of buying impulse buying mm. but you gotta have a lipstick like that <laughs> and i would take my drumsticks mm. and i might take If I could carry my i27 Mac, I I really would because my life is on it. But I'd probably take my paintbrush and grab a set of of acrylics or watercolors and Mm -hmm. one canvas, one canvas and a sponge so I could keep redoing it. Gentlemen, it has been absolutely lovely speaking with you. I want to thank you, Alton Ackala for sharing your world with us behind the mic. got 30 seconds. Justin Pogue rental secrets.net. We already spelled it. I'm AKA radio red. Thank you to Andrew, our engineer. Let's hear it for Andrew. And thank you to Ryan treasure, the voice of my intro. We love Ryan. He's the VP of everything at world talk radio. This is the variety channel, AKA red, signing off Radio Red. Talk to you next week. Everybody wave. Bye-bye.